Welcome, you're officially locked into Persuasions of Comfort. I am your host, Nawum. I want to give a big shout out to all the listeners out there who've been tuning in since day one. The love and support is 100% greatly appreciated. The topic of discussion for today's episode focuses on why habits shape your identity. All references are drawn from Chapter 2 of Atomic Habits. If you haven't realized, I love this book. I'm sure you have heard this phrase more times than you can count. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. If you have heard this in the past, you may have slowly begin to see the resemblance in your thought process, your vocabulary, how you speak, and perhaps actions that you take. We need to surround ourselves with people who will help us achieve goals and support our beliefs. Habits work in the same fashion. Have you ever wondered why it is so easy to repeat bad habits and hard to form good ones? No matter the level of effort we may put into a specific habit, we still fall short of the goal that we're aiming to achieve. You may have also noticed that once a habit has established itself into our daily routine, it tends to stick around for the long haul, whether that be a good habit or an unhealthy one that we're trying to break. Take a moment and think about one habit that you are proud of and one unhealthy habit that you are ashamed to admit. How long did it take you to establish said habit? Whether it be healthy or unhealthy, realize and notice that both are established over time. There are two factors that play a role in why we experience difficulty in changing our habits. One, we change the wrong thing. And two, we change our habit in the wrong way. One of the biggest concepts in this chapter is called the three layers of behavior change. Envision a three-layered circle. Or better yet, grab a piece of paper, pen, pencil, and draw one big circle. Inside of that circle, draw another circle. And inside that second circle, draw one last circle. The innermost layer is your identity. The middle layer is the process. And the outer layer are the outcomes. Some may look at this drawing of a circle within circles from the point of view of the outside going in. So if we look at the first layer, the outermost layer, it focuses on changing your outcomes. Most of the goals that we set focuses on changing the results. The second layer or the middle layer focuses on the process at which we go about achieving the results that we want. This layer is responsible for changing the habits and implementing systems and routines that lead to the results that we want. 
The third layer, innermost layer, is our identity. Here is where you establish your belief system, how you interpret your point of view of the world, your self-image, your thoughts and judgments that you have, not just about yourself, but the others around you. This is the layer that is responsible for how you identify yourself when you are interacting with the outside world. In summary, we can say that the outcomes focus on results. Process focuses on what you do to get that result. And the identity is about what you believe. Some may have a perspective of looking at this three layers of behavior change from the outside going in, or what we call the outcome-based habits. It may appear that the outermost layer is the more important one because it focuses on the results, and the results is what we want to change. However, if the intent is to improve and establish winning habits, then all levels matter, and the direction of our point of view is critical. We know that our talents, passions, and gifts come from within. Our identity comes from how we utilize our gifts, talents, and passions. For example, Michael Jordan was a talented athlete. He used his gifts, talents, and passion to play sports. Tiana Taylor is another talented, gifted individual who identifies as a singer, an actress, a dancer, and a choreographer. The point that I'm trying to make here is that our point of view of the three layers of behavior change also must shift in a direction as well from the inside going out because that's where all our talents, gifts, and passions come from, not based on results. Rather than viewing our diagram from the outside going in, outcome-based habits, we need to shift our perspective, our point of view, from the inside of the circle going out, or should I say identity-based habits. The one thing I love about this perspective, this point of view of identity-based habits, is how well the author supported this theory. For example, take two individuals who are resisting a cigarette. Both are offered a smoke, and person A says, no thanks, I am trying to quit. And person B says, no thanks, I am not a smoker. Notice the subtle differences in both reasonable responses. Person A still believes that they are a smoker and hope that their behavior will change the result and still moving with the same mentality, the same belief. While on the other hand, person B provides a response that signals a shift in identity. Smoking was part of their former life, and they no longer identify as a person who smoked. When we move with the intent of considering identity change, we begin to shift the way we view ourselves in the process. And that starts from the inner circle moving out. However, if we intend to improve and build better habits, but maintain the old identity, the same mindset, we can sabotage those new plans that we have for change. Quote number one, 
behavior that is incongruent with the self will not last. For a more relatable concept, you may want better health, but if you continue to prioritize comfort over accomplishment, you'll be drawn to relaxing rather than training. I'm sure you know at least one person who has said, new year, new me. Yet, you see them repeating the same behaviors and patterns as last year. Have you ever wondered why? Well, I don't even know the person, but I could tell you the answer. I know why. How can you have a new plan and a new goal and keep the same identity and same mindset? One thing to keep in mind is that a habit is like a double-edged sword. The more you repeat a behavior, the more likely it will become part of your identity. So therefore, there's a positive and a negative side to creating habits, breaking bad ones, and maintaining existing habits. When we look at the positive view of identity-based habits, we can say that the more pride you have in your identity, the more motivated you will be to maintain the habits associated with it. True behavior change is identity change. Quote number two, improvements are only temporary until they become part of who you are. Some great examples to keep in mind. The goal is not to read a book. The goal is to become a reader. The goal is not to run a marathon. The goal is to become a runner. The goal is not to learn how to play instruments. The goal is to become a musician. The key is to gain more awareness that your behaviors are usually a reflection of your identity. This identity should ultimately be your own, of course, and not what others perceive you to be. You will always or you will eventually become the person that you believe yourself to be whether it's consciously or subconsciously. The most relatable example I could use in this case is a person who incorporates exercise into their identity. They do not need motivation to convince themselves to train or work out. Exercise is part of their identity. Quote number three. When your behavior and your identity are fully aligned, you are no longer pursuing behavior change. You are simply acting like the type of person you already believe yourself to be. Now, if we look at the negative point of view of identity-based habits, always be aware of the moments that make it challenging for you to engage in self-improvement. Ego pride, emotion. All habits in the beginning can be a double-edged sword. What many people are not aware of is that your brain is the most powerful tool that you have. If you allow your brain to conform to social norms or believe concepts without fact-checking them, you can easily convince yourself to believe such perceptions and lies to be true. Let's say that you're on a road headed to a function 
and you make a left turn instead of a right turn and now you're late to the function the people in the car with you are now starting to say you are terrible with directions and because of this experience now you believe it or you've convinced yourself that you are terrible with names because you're so lazy to find techniques that allow you to remember names. So when you go out to meet people, the first thing you say is, hey, I'm bad with names. Now you're persuading yourself to believe something that's probably not true. Or perhaps you tell yourself that you're not a morning person. Now subconsciously, you begin to believe that known fact and you're telling everyone, hey, I'm not a morning person. The more you repeat it, the more it becomes part of your identity. The more we repeat these mental barriers in our minds, the more you are massaging your brain to welcome these false ideas to be fact. Now, when your friend invites you to a yoga session or a Bible study and exercise, you resist the opportunities to change the norm that you've told yourself because you've persuaded yourself that you are not that type of person. Finding any avenue to avoid challenging your false image and beliefs. This is a gem right here. The more deeply a thought or action is tied to your identity, the more difficult it is to change. The more you tell yourself that you're not a morning person, the less likely you are to want to change it. The biggest barrier to any positive change at any level is identity conflict. For instance, imposter syndrome. You know, I know, you are clearly qualified for the job or the Olympics or any special activity, but because of your misguided theories of your identity, you believe that you are not. And now this brings us back to the old popular phrase, new year, new me. The reason we fail to stick to habits that are designed to improve our lifestyle in a minor or a major way is due to our self-image. You become too attached and comfortable with one version of your identity. Have you ever noticed people in your circle become somewhat upset or show signs of jealousy when you're winning or changing for the better this is because they are so accustomed to who you used to be and they cannot handle the change jay-z said it the best like i worked this hard to stay the same this concept of new year new me for me, it means that we are seeking to be the best version of ourselves. The key concept that is probably often missed is that becoming the best version of yourself requires you to continuously edit your beliefs and upgrade and expand your identity. It requires unlearning. What you knew when you were 10 is not the same as living the reality when you're 20 or when you're 30. Or when you're 40. So whatever beliefs that you had five years ago, it's not going to be the same as where you are now. So we talked about the three layers of behavior change that shape your identity. 
The question now becomes, how is your identity formed? How can you maximize certain aspects of your identity for better change? The first thing I will say is that every belief, including those about yourself, is learned and conditioned through experience. Your habits are how you embody your identity. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. I'll repeat that. The more you repeat a behavior, the more you reinforce the identity associated with that behavior. The author includes some solid scenarios that I love. Making your bed each day may embody the identity of an organized person. Writing, painting, drawing each day may embody the identity of a creative person who does creative things. Training for a marathon or a competition may embody the identity of an athletic person. When you repeat a behavior, you are creating evidence that supports the belief of what your identity is leaning towards, the direction your identity is going. If you are consistently late for work, you are embodying the identity of a person who is irresponsible. Habits get reinforced with time when they are repeated. The process of building habits is actually the process of becoming yourself. That's a gem. The process does not happen overnight or by snapping your fingers, of course. It happens gradually, 1% improvement daily at a time. Applying tiny habits daily will compound with time and lead to an identity that embodies the person that you want to be. So, meaningful changes do not require radical change or a massive action. A meaningful change can simply be a thought. The most practical way to change who you are and what you do starts with the thought process. If you're running a business, you want to be your own boss, you need to start thinking yourself as an entrepreneur. And as you change and transform your thoughts with a different perspective, trust yourself. Start to believe that you have the abundance, the tools, the resources to accomplish these things in life. I published an episode titled, Start Turning the Keys. In this episode, I discussed that it is time, or the time is now, to start turning up on your potential, on your talents and your gifts. Begin to paint the story of yourself achieving success. We're not living the game of perfection, we're living a game of awareness. So those two steps that I spoke about earlier is one, Decide the type of person you want to be. And two, prove it to yourself with small wins. So a little bit of homework for you guys. What do you stand for? What principles and values do you identify with? Who do you wish to become? Take a moment right now and think about a particular goal or goals that you wish to accomplish. Who is the type of person you need to become in order to accomplish those goals. 
in this financial climate that we're currently in, a lot of people want to be their own boss. They want to own their own company. Who is the type of person that can own their own company? Who is the type of person that could run a successful startup? Who is the type of person that can become an entrepreneur? Once you have a handle on the type of person that you want your identity to embody, then start taking those small steps that reinforce the desire to identify as that type of person. For example, I'll give you guys a quick story about myself and how I learned to become a morning person. I was never a morning person. It took me a year to learn how to do this. I remember I was working at this particular company living in the Bay Area. I'm not going to say the company name. And I usually stroll into the office anywhere from 9, maybe 11, right? And But this particular day, I strolled into the office like noon. And as I'm walking in, the head of engineering was walking out. So dude was going to lunch. So we saw each other. We greeted each other. What's going on? Whoop-de-whoop. And he struck me with a question. Hey, are you just getting in? I said, nah, I was here already. I just had to go run an errand. It was at that moment I decided to make a change. I needed to determine what time I wanted to pull up to the office. And shout out to my boy, Tommy. Yo, big shout out to my boy, Tommy, because he's actually the only individual that I've worked with since my break into tech that I actually hung out with outside of work. So big shout out to him. He lives in L.A. right now. But I wanted to get to the office around the same time as him. And I needed to determine how many hours of sleep do I need in order to be functional and productive. Once I figured out those numbers, I started doing small things. You know, my phone's across the room. I'm not on my computer an hour before bed. And I'm doing a lot of low vibrational activities before bed. And also setting up a bedtime routine where my body starts to recognize once I'm doing this, that means it's time for bed. This is a great example of meaningful changes that do not require radical or massive action. So I was able to change the belief I had about myself of not being able to wake up early. And at the same time, I allowed, I made small changes that allowed my identity to embody the type of person that I wanted to be. And I wanted to be the type of person that pulls up to the office early. And in turn, I was able to get the best breakfast food every Wednesday. So basically what I'm trying to tell you guys, what I'm trying to say to y'all, is that you have the power to change your beliefs about yourself. Habits can help achieve results, but the fundamentals of habits should be focused on becoming someone rather than obtaining something. So are you becoming the type of person that you desire to be? In summary, we have three levels of behavior change. Outcome change, process change, identity change. And we want to have the point of view of identity-based habits over outcome-based habits, right? From the inside going out. Rather than focus on a goal and the outcomes, Focus on the systems that lead to the identity change of who you want to become. Do not get comfortable of one version of yourself. 
The best version will always require you to edit your beliefs in order to expand your identity. Think about those habits that you have right now. Become more aware that the concept of identity-based habit is like a feedback loop. Your habits shape your identity, and your identity shapes your habits. I am your host. Till next time, Naum.